Good morning. This is the Leafs Convo Podcast. Sunday spectacular. Norman James in London, Ontario. Mike Agello in Buffalo, New York. Mr. A, how are you this morning? Good morning, Norman. Um, well, uh, after watching a rather dull uh, game on Saturday night, uh, you know, watching uh, the Leafs get frustrated by as you call them, the Bulgarian Patrick Waugh. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I, 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 they, it was a good effort, but it's sometimes goaltenders just have another team's number. And I have a feeling since Henrik Lundqvist has always been somebody that, that has had trouble with Toronto for the next few years, as long as Alexander Gorgiev is around with the Rangers, we're going to see him every time the Rangers play Toronto. It was a fun thing to watch. I have no problem with Leafs getting frustrated or gripping their sticks too tight or dropping F-bombs after missed chances. It shows there's passion. It shows there's emotion and a little bit of urgency. The Rangers beating the Maple Leafs at Scotiabank Arena 2-1 in overtime. Zach Hyman from John Tavares to tie the game late. And then, well, we're lucky John Tavares is still alive after being cross-checked by Mark Stahl. What did you think of that? I know he was in the crease, but, I mean, that was, that was a nasty cross-check in a place where there's limited padding on the individual. Michael, what did you think? Well, the funny thing was, as I'm watching this, he gets cross-checked, he's down, he's prone on the ice, and Anthony D'Angelo, the other Rangers defenseman, his stick is underneath Tavares, and it's like it's a dead body in the crease, and he's trying to pull his stick from out, out from under, and it took him 20 seconds for the referees to, to blow it dead. Yeah. Called a rather vicious check, not to his ribs, but to, to his back. And, you know, Tavares was affected. I'm concerned with, and this has not been singular to this event, but to many instances earlier in the season, is this team has no pushback. They really don't. Mm -hmm. And you know, I get that. You cannot ask a team to play a game that doesn't suit them. But that, that's, the, that's the responsibility of, you know, the general manager to, to affect the composition of the team. And, you know, I, I wasn't saying they should go out at the deadline and get a couple goons, but he just needed one or two players to really be able to provide a little bit of that fear. Uh, well, that last year, I mean, even though that they're, they're limited in effectiveness, a Leo Komarov until he got hurt and a Roman Polak on the blue line, they provided pushback against Boston. Roman Polak was probably the second best defenseman for the Leafs in the series against the Bruins, it was Morgan Riley and it was Roman Pollock. Mm -hmm. And of course, everybody would think I'm, I'm, you know, insane because Roman Pollock is a flawed defenseman. But I mean, who else? Jake Gardner, Ron Hainsey, they were both mm -hmm. terrible in that series. <laughs> They're all flawed defensemen, Mike. Jake Gardner flashes and dashes, and people will talk about his metrics. But I mean, the guy had the game on his stick several times and blew it. He's a flawed defenseman, too. We'll get to Jake Gardner and his potential return to the lineup and why we're thinking hallelujah in just a moment. I, I just wanted to continue on the Polak-Komarov thing. The Leafs need players like those at a, a higher level. They, they need players who bring that essence, who bring that spunk, who bring that type of game. But they need guys who are a little bit younger um, and who can be a, a, a more integral part a more cohesive part to what the Leafs are trying to do going forward. So we talk about pushback. There's nothing wrong with having physical pushback. Anyone who thinks that physical pushback has to do with ne being a Neanderthal or not understanding today's game, please quit. Stop, stop, no, stop liking hockey because wh wh whoever you're getting that information from, 
is leading you down the wrong path. Now, the pushback being the power play, that's fine if you have a power play. The Maple Leafs power play is not of championship caliber. And it's sad because this team has so much offensive ability. Now, we, we are, I believe we are watching the team go through a reconfiguration here in the way it thinks. 28 shots against from the Rangers, 24 shots uh, against fr- from the Sabres, 20 shots against from the National Predators. We're watching the team change the way it does business on the ice. And if that means at some point the power play will click because you're if you're going to limit chances against and you're going to go into games uh, low scoring, tight, you're going to need to bury those power play opportunities. So pushback should come in a variety of forms. This idea that the pushback will be the power play, that's fallen flat on its face because this team's power play is existent, but it's not to the point where you can rely on it. And you need, Mike, you also need to have, you need to have that physical pushback. And I hope that when Kyle Dubas was cringing, watching John Tavares lay on the ice, he's going to see once again that it comes down to the human spirit, human ability. You have to take the game to the other team. Well, I, I think, and I, I don't want to go too much into it because I think we cover the territory, but the, the philosophical divide that we've seen and the comments that Babcock made last week that he basically, you know, called a truce to or he made, made a mea culpa about, uh, you know, calling out Kyle Dubas. But I, I still think he was calling out Kyle Dubas. But the philosophical divide between the two is you have a, a, a general manager who I think is who likes a team that is a skilled team. And, and so does Babcock. His teams in Detroit were sure. skilled teams. But he, but he also liked a couple players – uh, like a Luke Glenn Denning, like a Leo Komarov, like a Roman Polak, who are there to hold the other team accountable. Mm-hmm. You cannot have 18 skilled skaters. You have to have a little pushback. Uh, and, and, you know, Babcock's definition of pushback is not somebody who drops the gloves. It's somebody who will go in the corners and get the puck and, you know, stand up for his teammates. That That is not present. Now, maybe that will become present in the next year or two when, if a guy like Mason Marchment, who does that with the Marlies, mm-hmm. can make NHL. But I think that that's the missing uh, cog in the, yeah. in the league's wheel going forward. And we'll see, you know, that that's nothing can be done about that. Now it's, they're going to have to try to get through the Bruins on pure skill and see if that's possible. The idea that Kyle Dubas likes to build a team a certain way. I mean, what teams has he built the, the AHL Marlies and a couple of Sault Ste. Marie Greyhound clubs, Kyle Dubas. There's a reason why the Leafs hired him. There's a reason why Brendan Shanahan, singled him out as an individual who can take this team to the promised land. It's because he can. I think Kyle Dubas is unbelievable, and I'd rather have no one else than my general manager. Trust me, man. If you listen to this show, OGs, anybody new to this program, you know we get at everybody. We're not negative. We're real. With Kyle Dubas, here's the real deal, man. He is still, he is still building his portfolio. And if you think that this guy's locked into that position for the rest of his career, he could be fired in two years. If he, if he goes all in on data and metrics and not all in on what's really happening in the game, what you really need to do to win, win championships, he's going to be fired. I believe this kid is smart enough. I'm, excuse me, I shouldn't call him a kid. This, this gentleman is smart enough to see what's happening right now and realize that they need things that a, a lot of his constituency might feel are ugly but are required to move forward and win a Stanley Cup. And, Mike, I, I, I'd love to see the Leafs surprise everybody and go on a crazy run here. But part of me wants to see Tampa 
part of me will see Tampa just destroy everyone and destroy everyone with, with reckless abandon, with determination. And they, they will show you that they can up their game physically a, a notch or two when it comes time to the playoffs. So we can see, so the Maple Leafs and our, the fan base here and Converse and OGs can see what it actually takes to win that Stanley Cup and be encouraged because the Leafs are a lot closer to becoming the next Tampa than being what they were for decades and decades. Well, I, I mean, to your point, Tampa... Tampa is a is a high skilled team that has their as their number one defenseman a guy who's six foot seven and doesn't get pushed around. So you know Hedman is a, is a, is a difference uh, in terms of a factor with them. And they're also and I use this term a lot they're hardened by the crucible of multiple failures in the playoffs. And, yes. And you know they've got to the Stanley Cup final. They've been to a conference final. These guys are experienced. They know that they, if, to win in the postseason they have to step it up not only effort-wise, but sometimes physically as well, and push back. You know, guys like Tyler Johnson and JT Miller, you know, they will, you know, rip your heart out if they have to. Yes. So, I mean, I, I think that, you know, players on the Leafs are capable of doing that. But right now, like I, I saw some physicality out of Austin Matthews in the game yet last night that I hadn't yes. seen before. He really, in his career, hasn't thrown a check. Because he doesn't have to. He's just big and he's strong and he doesn't have to. But he threw a couple checks yesterday. We don't. And, and Mike, I hate, he, we don't know about his shoulder either. We we really we really don't. He's he's a smart kid. Sorry, continue on. But I I read this point right now. I'd, I'd like to make sure that shoulder stays. Oh yeah, and, 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 stays and, I, in one and I don't I don't think he would be doing that if he didn't have confidence in his shoulder. Now I, he probably has more confidence than we do. But I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying that you know in in. You've seen John Tavares be a bulldog. You saw him knock down Tom Wilson. It's like your skill players are going to have to step up that game, especially against a team in Boston whose skill players like Bergeron and Marchand are assassins in the playoffs. So that that, that, that will be the test for this team when they get face-to-face with the Bruins on April 10th. Will the Leafs star players step up and play the type of game that you need to in the playoffs? And all this for the last month or so is basically just we're taking the foot off the pedal a little bit. We're making sure we're going into the playoffs completely healthy. And really the rest of the remainder of the regular season doesn't doesn't really matter. This is the Leafs Convo podcast for Vanguard Northeast Realty in Scarborough. VanguardNE.ca. Norm James in London. Mike Agello in Buffalo. You don't start game one of the playoffs and get through game 28 or win 16 in the same fashion. Every game is a battle. Every game is a incredible struggle. Every series takes on a different complexion. And I think that's what people have to have to understand. And it's not because we are grizzled veterans of the playoff uh, experience, but not at all. I mean, as Leaf people watch the Leafs, you know, you take what playoff experiences and opportunities you get because you don't know when they're coming again. The Boston series might be something that is just disgusting, nasty, and diabolical. But you do what you have to do to win that series. You don't play that series, can, uh, compete in that series to a certain level and say, you know what, after this, it's, it's not worthy of us. We want to tap dance. We, we don't want uh, to wrestle. That's not what it's about. You must do what you have to do to win that series. And then the next series completely changes. It could be something totally different. You have to do what you have to do to compete and ultimately succeed in any series that you're in, especially if you're a team that's not dictating the play. And the Maple Leafs, the way they are right now, they are not ready to take the play to the other team. They will not have the whole of the play. They are not there yet. I've always thought there was a 
a comparative between regular season baseball, regular season hockey, and playoff baseball and playoff hockey. And mm-hmm. you know, when you you have 162 games in 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 baseball, and like a team like the Yankees will hit 300 home runs and some ridiculous thing like that, and they look like a complete juggernaut, just like the oh, league. Boy. No, no, no. I know. I'm just saying. No, I know. Yeah. I know. All right, all right. Watch out for the J- the Jankees podcast coming out too. We're going to be doing that. That's going to be fun. There you go. Um, but uh, but but and and the and the and the Leafs can score a ton of goals in the regular season and they're entertaining and whatever. But when you get to the playoffs, the Yankees got shut down because all they were were a team that could hit home runs, mm-hmm. couldn't hit couldn't hit the single and steal the base and make the pitch that you needed to. It was all the minutia. It was all the little things that you need to do to win. And that is what the Leafs are going to have to do in the playoffs. They're going to have to do the little things that maybe are overlooked and covered up by the fact that they're a brilliant offensive team in the playoffs. And if they can't do the little things, they will lose to a team that does the little things very well. I keep saying about the New York Yankees, if Aaron Boone chooses not to put Roy Smalley in the lineup, you're not going to get the kind of clutch hitting that you're going to need. 68 years old. Roy Smalley was the, was the autograph in the palm of my first baseball glove. I'll never forget the man. Roy Smalley, Fred Lynn. Keith Hernandez was mine. Hey, you dated Elaine, best friends with Jerry, then asked them to help him move, and that was about it. You know, people want us to do a longer podcast, Mike, and I have Certainly no problem with that because there's plenty to talk about when it comes to the Maple Leafs. Are you not encouraged by the reduction in shots against over the last several games? Or do you, I mean, because it, there, is a, there is a bit of a pattern here. And even going back the past month, other than that sideshow uh, with Tampa, Ottawa, the Flyers and stuff, the Leafs weren't giving up much more than three goals a game. Now, they were giving up plenty of shots against. Just recently, though... Uh, you know, what, 20 shots against, 24 shots, 28 shots. So there's a pattern here that I hope that they can continue, whether they wow, win many I, games down the stretch here. I, I, I like that going into the playoffs, don't you? Well, I, 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 I do, but I also, you know, of course, uh, me being the, the master of the glass is half empty. The, the concern that I have is in those games, two goals against, uh, uh, no goals against Nashville, uh, four goals against a non-playoff Buffalo I know. team and one goal against a non-playoff New York Rangers but, team. So but, they've shut they shut it down defensively, but at the know, cost of their offense. I know. But so you're but the offense is there. The we know the offense is there. This team can score. We it's proven that it can score. Yes. We know we know it can score. It's not like you you have to um exhume uh, exhume uh, a a an era or a period of the the season that uh, we we loved but seems far far beyond now this is this team can score we we know it can the team just can't play defense could not play defensive minded uh, uh, defensively philosophical hockey now it is and is that not a good sign going into a, a series with boston the pushback and all that stuff if they get run over they get run over but do would you rather not this team go into the third period with boston at a 2-2 clip or down one nothing, but tight and smart and fast, as opposed to you know 
giving up three and then coming back to tie it, then giving up two, and then just turning it into like the fucking roll of the dice. If you, if you, you have to prove that you could walk and chew gum at the same time. And honestly, right <laughs> now in Game Seven, if this team right now, as currently constructed and playing the way that they are, is up three to one, or dare dare I say it, four to one, Leaf Nation will be scared shitless because a boy, yeah. You know, because of what the, you know, how they play defensively. I mean, yes, they can, they can, they can play defensively like they have the last few games, but I don't know if they can shut down Pasternak, Bergeron, and Marchand. I don't know if they can, you know, if, if they can kill, kill power plays uh, when, when the, the pressure is at its best in game six or game mm-hmm. seven. You know, that, that, those are the questions that won't be answered until we're there. So. That's it. Did you, ever, did you ever watch Trailer Park Boys? I have not. Did you ever watch that Sarah McLaughlin Junos on your DVR? I did. I did. I did. It was it was Come wonderful. On. Is she not breathtaking or what? Yes, of course. She is. She is. Anyway, back back to Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> Jim Leahy, the guy, the, the uh, John Dunsworth, R.I.P. Love that man forever. But you know he he's always wanting to get rid of Ricky and Julian and Bubbles, and he's always trying to figure out a way to finally catch them in the act and one day he went in and told them he's like you know what boys i'm collecting paperwork one of these days i'm going to have you kicked out of this park kyle dubas is collecting paperwork i hope data and just a an impression of this team as it is that he will be able to um, use as the basis the construct going forward this is an opportunity now to see what the leafs have what the Leafs need to continue going forward and what the Leafs could probably uh, benefit from disposing of uh, in terms of what makes sense to be, to be a winner. So you talk about, well, the team um, is going to buckle like a cheap tent when the chips are on the line and they're, they're either leading or trailing Boston. It's nice that they've reduced the shots against, but where's the goal scoring? The power play. What's going on with that? Marshawn's going to be a little jerk. Um, Chara's going to run people over, and the Leafs will just sit there and, and be passive aggressive, like people on social media, right? So, so, so the thing is, we're going to see all that play out if that's indeed what transpires between now and whenever the season's over. And we're going to see it all play out. This is good. This is good. It's all in the theater. We can see everything happens. And if Kyle Dubas is doing his job, if Mike Babcock's doing his job, if the scouting crew is doing his job, if Brendan Shanahan is doing it, his job, they will take what we have now and they will make it better for the next run to come. Because remember, this team is, when you look at the big picture, on the ascent. It's what happens now. How do you feel about it? How do we embolden, empower what we just saw to make our next step appreciable and bring us that much closer to the ultimate goal, and that's winning a Stanley Cup. Mike, last word to you. Well, I, I think the encouraging thing, and again, um, with, the, with the loss, there's seven points behind Boston. So I, I would think that uh, Mike Babcock and uh, the Leafs coaching staff and their, um, uh, their medical staff would maybe take the foot off the 
backpedal a little bit with Frederick Anderson and give him a little more of a rest before the playoffs. Um, there is some, was some encouraging news regarding Travis Dermott skating more this week, getting involved in the, uh, you know, the pr- in practice with a non-contact jersey and the appearance of Jake Gardner on the ice skating. Now it's a couple weeks before the playoffs, so that's consistent with slowly ramping up his conditioning to be ready to maybe get back in the lineup before the end of the regular season. So if, uh, if Dermott and Gardner can get back in, that gives the Leafs a better chance of at least moving the puck offensively uh, and, uh, you know, not having uh, a Martin Marinson or uh, Justin Hall or Igor Ozaganov in the lineup when it comes to playoff time. Wow. Boston, a plus 44 now, eh? three goals um, better in the differential column than the Maple Leafs, um, the Leafs, 264 goals for. So, look, the Leafs can score. We know they can score. Can they reduce the goals against? Can they reduce shots against? Can they reduce quality chances? I'm telling you right now, Mike, if this team can begin to buy into that and understand, and I think they will, then we're in, we're in good shape. And whether the Leafs win the, win the first round or not, if, if I see a good series against Boston, a really good series, if it went to seven games and it wasn't a shit show and they lose, I know people are going to want to punch somebody out. This team, the way it is right now, it's, it's unfortunate. Don't expect a Stanley Cup. But over the next couple of seasons, with what it has and what, the way the Leafs are capable of making adjustments and having the right guy in the GM's chair and the right head coach, the, the future is definitely bright. And the, another unbelievably positive thing is the Leafs no longer have to face the Bulgarian Patrick Waugh this season. Wow. Michael, thank you. Thanks, Norman. The Leafs Combo is brought to you by Vanguard Northeast Realty. With over 15 years experience, Vanguard provides superior level of service for commercial real estate tenants and owners. For more information, visit vanguardne.ca.